live in a state of confusion. We can't really discern what our relationship is and what it isn't. Welcome to this podcast of My Inner Torch. I want to start out with a paragraph from Maria Consiglio. She posts on a on a lot of different bulletin boards regarding narcissists and cluster bees. And this particular paragraph I'm going to read to you is pertinent to a narcissist. But I will say that I do find a lot of correlation uh, with a cluster B in general, psychopaths, uh, borderlines, and of course, narcissists. So when I read this, I'm going to read it word for word. It does pertain mainly to narcissists, but it can pertain to your relationship and this podcast's topic, what it is and what it isn't. What is our relationship and what isn't it? So when enough time has gone by, you'll be able to see who the narcissist really is and how insane all of this was. None of it was real, not just because they were dishonest, but all of it. Narcissists and sociopaths don't have the capacity for normal, healthy relationships. They are wired differently. While you're thinking about making your partner happy, the narcissist is doing what they can do to keep you isolated and in their control. While you're thinking about ways to better communicate with each other, they are thinking about giving you the silent treatment because you're not being obedient. They need narcissistic supply while you need love. You want acceptance. They want obedience. These examples are intended to show you how different your agendas are. There is no way a relationship with a narcissist is ever going to be what you want. They don't have the capacity for love, nor is it what they want. This is why relationships with narcissists never work. They want narcissistic supply, not love. And that is not just going to change. But what makes them even more corrupt and deceptive is that they knew all along what you wanted. And they knew they were never going to give it to you. And I think that does kind of cross over the spectrum of all cluster Bs. Now, people may argue that borderlines, well, they love you. Well, I just don't think they do. They they want to love you. I think... A narcissist, the difference between the borderline and the narcissist is that the narcissist never really intends to love you. They love bomb you. They sex bomb you. They kind of draw you into the fold. They bring you into the relationship. You think you're having a loving relationship, and that's just not what it is. It's just not what it is. And the thing also with borderlines, I believe, is maybe they have truer intentions because it is their desire. They want to love, but they just don't have the capacity to do it. And so they just go about the relationship similarly to a narcissist. This is why they're in the cluster B genre where they're just completely dysfunctional. To give you an example of what it is and what it was and what it isn't, which is in and of itself a confusing conundrum. I was out with my wife, my cluster B wife, who I suspect has narcissistic personality disorder and I suspect is a covert narcissist. So we were out the other night uh, meeting with one of her friends and the 
the conversation that she had with her friend, and I was there to witness it, was a complete fabrication. She presented us as this happy couple, um, you know, just happy-go-lucky, that we have happy times and things like that. And it made me see the, 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 the complete contrast between what is and what isn't. So here she is putting out a public persona. It is the public wife, the good wife. And anybody would think if you were listening to her conversation with her friend, that we had a very normal, happy relationship that we're soon to be empty nesters and we're looking forward to our future. And, oh, isn't, you know, our youngest daughter funny and go gosh, isn't our relationship wonderful? And yet that's just not the truth. So what she puts out into the universe is completely different than what really occurs behind closed doors. And frequently you will find that this story kind of aligns with other people's stories. It is the public persona. The difference, I think what you also might find with a cluster B is that they will wear their hearts on their sleeves. And so therefore perhaps they will bring their condition and put it out to other people to see so maybe people will look at the relationship and think, oh, okay, that's, that's not a normal relationship. But with a narcissist, um, you can be out and the, the public persona that they portray, people will sit there thinking, oh my gosh, this is the perfect couple. They must be so happy together. Yet the truth, of course, is completely different. So what it is, is a dysfunctional, dysregulated, and disordered relationship. There's just no two ways about it. And I think when we come to the acceptance of this, this is when you have this paragraph from Maria Consiglio and other public postings. If you can find her, I think you will find a lot of truth in what she writes. She writes about narcissism. But again, as I said, I think that narcissism and borderline and psychopathy uh, all the cluster B genres kind of blend together because the end result is the same abuse, neglect, you pretty much trying to make something out of nothing because there's nothing. You can't make something out of nothing. You get nothing from nothing. So here we are spinning our wheels, trying to, I guess, feed the cluster B with what we feel are the ingredients for a normal relationship when it's anything but. And so again, I present you with the challenge. You have to understand and you have to accept that it's never going to change, that you won't get something out of what you're putting into, so to speak. The ingredients for this perfect relationship that you're pouring yourself into is going to inherently result in you being disappointed inherently going to result in you being reactively abusive towards your partner because you're going to get so fed up and so angry that nothing is changing. And here you are making an effort for weeks, months, and years and not getting a return. So you have to decide whether or not this is how you want to continue to live. And this is all part of going through the cycle some of us go through the cycle, we come out of the fog, and that's when we decide, you know what, I don't want to do this anymore. And of course, you have to take into consideration if you are married to that person, 
If you have children with that person, if that person is a relative, you have to consider the fallout from ending the relationship on your end, not their end. I did a podcast uh, a little while ago. I can't remember the title of it. But in that podcast, I talked about when you're considering ending a relationship with a cluster B, you have to end it on your terms and you have to end it cleanly in the sense that you're not ending it to try to bring them back. There is no shock value to a cluster B. Once, especially with a narcissist, you see the mask slip. Also with the borderline, when you see that this relationship is just going in a circular motion, we've, you're building these emotional sandcastles. They're constantly being swept away by rage. You're, you're thinking you have good times for a month or two, maybe even longer. And then you, you kind of become complacent and you forget about the abuse. You are breadcrumbed. You are hoovered back into this cycle of abuse. And then you think, okay, everything's perfect. Everything's good. And then inherently, as I said, with emotional sandcastles, if you haven't listened to that podcast from almost two and a half years ago, everything starts over again. You're constantly rebuilding, much like a sandcastle, the relationship. And that relationship is destined to go through that repetitive cycle of abuse and neglect, abuse and neglect. I still cannot fathom the fact that my wife of almost 21 years honestly believes that we can do this wash, rinse, repeat cycle. That's another podcast I did some years ago. Look it up if you haven't had an opportunity to listen to it. Then I'm just going to want to do that for the rest of my life. Another podcast that I did was Waiting to Die. Is that what we're doing? Just kind of going through the cycles, accepting these people for who they are, even though we're not getting what we need and deserve out of a mutually loving and intimate relationship, that we're just going to continue to carry on because that's who we are. That is the one facet I don't understand about my wife. She knowingly knows, she is knowing, I presume she's cognizant of the fact that this relationship is not really a relationship. We're living parallel lives and that for some reason I am accepting and complacent of these terms. When, as I've talked about in previous podcasts, I believe that these are deal breakers and they should be deal breakers for people who are looking and seeking a relationship that is built on mutual intimacy, love and affection. You're not going to get that with a cluster B. And as harsh as that may sound, I just want people to understand that that's what you're going to get. And pretty much what you see is what you get. You're not going to resurrect these people back into the mirage that they once were because that didn't exist. You're not going to get that luminary period, that love bombing, sex bombing period it's not going to come back. If it does, it comes back for enticement purposes to kind of keep you in the fold. It's an exercise that they do to kind of keep you under their spell. But understand that nothing is going to be the way it was once. It is what it is now, and it won't be what it was. 
So again, you have to understand being the survivor in this relationship that the roles will probably never change. And you also have to understand that I can probably liken it to alcoholism or drug addiction. Once an addict, always an addict, you can rehabilitate yourself to a certain extent. Maybe your cluster B could go to therapy. Maybe they could benefit from it. But in my opinion, you can't change the wiring. You can't change what they are and who they are. They might be better for a while. Maybe they'll be aware of what they are. But in my opinion, again, they will be drawn back into that pattern of behaviors unless they're going to be in therapy for the rest of their life and unless you are willing to put up with it. And that's what it really boils down to. Listening to these podcasts, arming yourself with the education that is available out there now, you inherently have to make the decision whether you want to work on yourself because that's the best mode, that's the best path to take, and whether or not you see your future with your cluster B. Does it involve them? Or do you begin to take the steps to heal? And healing, again, in my opinion, full healing and recovery cannot take place in a relationship with a cluster B. MyInnerTorch at gmail.com. Always appreciate hearing from you. Also appreciate your review. What that does is it basically allows other people access to podcasts like this to give them an opportunity to at least learn and become conscious to understand what they are involved in. I consider that to be a fair warning to people based on my experiences, based on your experiences. There are so many of us out there. It's become so prevalent in today's society. And I think it's become out. I think people now see it. They're beginning to understand it. And this is why podcasts like mine, My Inner Torch, and others exist to help put out the warning, to help people understand. So again, your review of this podcast on whichever platform you happen to be listening to it on is very helpful, not only to me, but to allow access to others. Because at the end of the day, that's why I do this podcast with new episodes uploaded every Friday, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Our journey will continue. We will continue to move forward with knowledge and respect of who we are, what we have to offer, and hopefully one day there is somebody out there who will appreciate that. Be well, and in whatever you do, be good. This has been my Inner Torch. Oh,